Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. A massive week when it comes to conference realignment. What is the latest on the Pac-12 situation? And new schools are joining the Big 12. All that's coming up on today's Neighborhood Watch. I'm your host, Josh Neighbors. We are here on Crystal Ball College Football, part of the 365 Sports Network. Thank you all so much for making us a part of your day. Make sure you all subscribe to the channel here on YouTube. Like the videos, tap the bell for notifications, leave comments as well, and also continually leave your questions uh, for our Friday mailbag. Now, I'm not sure we're going to do Friday mailbag this week because Friday could be a big news day. Um, not saying with any inside, inside info, though, but we'll get to that in a second. So leave your questions throughout the week. We'll get to the mailbag and just keep sending them, guys. we got some from last week left over. We've got some that come over come uh, through over time, which we will hit. Make sure you find us wherever you get your podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Also, you all can follow us on Twitter at NWPod365. I am at Josh Neighbors underscore those are the places and the spaces. All right, so a few things. Uh, first, our buddy Jim Williams had a tweet this weekend that caught the eye of, uh, I think, a lot of us. You know, He has been very well sourced in a lot of the conversations that he's been having. So Jim Williams' tweet, he says, spoke to two Pac-12 administrators who have been involved with the media rights. We are close to wrapping this up, and I think the media will be surprised to see how creative and forward-thinking the deal is. For what it's worth, it would not be Saturday without me checking. So Jim doing his due diligence and checking and, and, and seeing what folks are saying. Um, and I, I think this is interesting that that you know, this is out there because for a few reasons. Number one, Pac-12 folks have been saying you know certain stuff about their deal for a long time, and none of those things have come to fruition. Now, we've not seen a deal yet, so you know, you'd say, hey, it hasn't come to fruition because there is no deal yet. That is true, but I think more along the lines of what kind of deal, the way it looks, the way it's structured. Um, I think forward thinking, when you hear that, you think a lot of streaming probably, not out of desire, mostly out of need on that front. Money-wise, you know, somebody made an interesting point, uh, and Jim retweeted it. They said, headline could be we're getting 35 mil per team per year, small print, 80% streaming, PAC will pay for all the production costs. 
uh, you know, to actually get all that money, you have to hit subscriber viewer goals, easy exit terms to allow big brands to leave to get the deal, which I think that is interesting, right? So this, this might not be as cut and dry, maybe as some folks thought it should be. Uh, you know, as, as easy as some of us thought it should be, you know, it's, uh, you know, not as black and white, I guess you could say, as some of us thought this thing could be. It's a good point. That could be the case. That could be why it's all taking so long that it might be this really weird, strange deal. Um, I don't know about the gutting of the deal. Like, I think this is also part of it, too. If you leave a Pac-12 TV deal in a spot where schools could easily leave, i.e. Oregon and Washington, you know, it's not a long-term contract. Like, you know, how does that grant of rights look? I mean, you know, do you have to change length of the grant of rights based off of how long the television deal is? Because you wouldn't sign a grant of rights that extends beyond the length of a television deal. So I think that's going to be very interesting to see, you know, how they time that up. Do they have to time that up? But could we see a Pac-12 TV deal that looks different? Sure, we definitely could. That's not conventional. Um, and you know, is, is a bit more flexible, you know, it kind of almost looks like a, a individual players contract, you know, for a team, as opposed to a conferences, television contract with a couple, uh, you know, a couple TV companies. Yeah. Yeah. That's possible. And it sounds like Jim believes that could be possible too. He also made the point over the weekend too, that the PAC 12 was starting from scratch after the big 12 got their TV deal. And that's true too. But you still feel like even despite that, they, they could have gotten things in motion, gotten things done a bit faster than they actually ended up getting things done and getting things in motion. Also, when it comes to conference realignment uh, and this week being news filled, that deadline for San Diego State is the 30th, right? On, on July 1, that um, the cost for them to leave the Mountain West is going to go from 16 point whatever to roughly $34 million, which feels significant because we're going to get some kind of news. Now, John Wilner last week on this show said that he believes no matter what San Diego state will come up with that money, but it's difficult because if somebody comes up with that money, it could be used for something else. And just because by virtue of when the PAC 12 gets a TV deal done, like I'll put it this way, right? The PAC 12 can't get a TV deal done. San Diego State's cost goes up. Then San Diego State, by virtue of having to wait longer, has to pay more money. I mean, San Diego State, that sucks to do. I mean, I guess the Pac-12 can say, look, it's a cost of doing business. Sorry it took so long, but this is the cost of you all joining our league. Sure, but man, that would piss me off if I'm a San Diego State fan. You're asking donors or whoever it is to come up with more cash to make that happen. I'd be frustrated because that's cash that you could have found to make something else happen. But I guess if it's for joining a Power 5 conference, it's worth it. Sure. But still, that's a pretty sizable chunk of change guys. And it's, it's a chunk of change that, you know, the Pac-12 could get their, you know what together, they wouldn't have to be paying uh, to make this thing happen. But because of the way the deadline works, that is the case that they are facing right now. So I have not seen, I'm not saying there's going to be any news or I'm not saying there is any news right now, but what I'm saying is look down the line, folks, there could be some news coming your way. And there will be some news for sure by the end of the week because we'll know if the exit fee has doubled. We're going to get some news this week. It's why it's a massive week. We're going to know if that San Diego State exit fee will double or not because we'll have some clarity by the end of the week. And I think the odds-on favorite right now, if you were to bet either way, I would set that exit fee doubling at about minus 350, minus 400, minus 500 because 
I've not heard anything about a Pac-12 TV deal being done and signed and sealed by the end of the week. And that is when San Diego State has until before that thing doubles. So, you know, they could get out by the end of the week, but they, they wouldn't have a home, uh, you know, to go to necessarily. So it's, it's all in flux with all of this. All of this is to say one thing. And here's the one thing I can guarantee you. Uh, this calendar week, there will be conference realignment that happens. Because on July 1st, the Big 12 will have four new schools. Cincinnati, UCF, Houston, and BYU are all going to be members of the Big 12 on Saturday, on July 1st. And I think, you know, we've, we've talked so much about speculation, Rever, and we've almost counted BYU and Cincinnati and UCF and Houston as members of the Big 12 conference already, which kind of in, in some ways it feels like they are. But, I mean, with a bullet, they will be in, they, they will be in this league. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And it just takes you back to the entire process. I know I've harped on it some, but I just want to take you all back. You know, it was summer. It was a summertime, just like this, hot weather, right? You know, the how the, how the old story goes. You know, hey, it was a day just like this. One. I think about Predator. You know, the, the Predator came in the hottest summer, right? It was a summer just like this. We were doing the off-season bit. We were all involved, and boom, Oklahoma and Texas. The news hits at SEC Media Days. And there is a scramble uh, like crazy. And yeah, it becomes true. And the two biggest brands were leaving the Big 12 Conference. And panic set in for a lot of folks like me, who was at the time doing Locked On Big 12, at the time working for SiriusXM on the Big 12 channel, and I had some concerns about my future because I had concerns with the future of the Big 12 Conference. Well, what did the Big 12 Conference do? They did not sit. They did not dowel. Credit to Bob Bowles. Lost Bob Bowles. It's an L for Bob Bowles before losing Texas and OU. But it ended up being a W, not long-term, but over like a, a W that he salvaged out of it by adding the four new schools. And they got lucky because nobody else wanted to pillage any of their schools. They would have seen the Big 12 as a tv threat maybe they would have gone and done it they didn't do it the big 12 added schools and the other part of this and god you know the god love bob but the big 12 changed leadership too they made some incredibly important decisions two years ago when ou and texas left and they pushed the right buttons they have pushed the right buttons brett yormark his legacy tbd but he has been red hot in several ways whether it's publicly, whether it's you know the way people talk about him, uh, the initiatives that they are starting now, it feels like they, those have helped the publicity of the conference, the television deal getting done, the exit money from OU in Texas. Brett Yormark has made a positive impact on this league. There is no doubt about it. Now, that's what you should expect from a conference commissioner, but he has made such a positive impact. But here's we, we've been talking a lot about Brett Yormark. Let's talk about the folks who made the call, the Big 12 administrators who had to make that call and made the right call to bring in a guy who's not like them. All right. I will say this, and I, and I live in the South. I live in Arkansas. 
a lot of you all who are folks live in Oklahoma and live in Texas, all those places. These we, we do not live in the most progressive places in the country. I'm not saying it's right or not saying it's wrong. All right. When it comes to values, when it comes to politics, when it comes to whatever, you know, the you know, social programs or, you know, the economy, the way we look at the, you know, the way we look at things, whatever. But the league went and said, let's get a guy who's not like us. Let's get a guy who maybe doesn't have the same values as us. And we'll take our big 12 values and what we care about. And we'll mix that in. You know, because here's the thing, guys, the big 12 schools, like these are, once again, somebody went to large state university. I love it. I I love my education. It's one of the best decisions I ever made. You know, going to a large big 12, uh, going to a large university, which was a big 12 university at one point. Going to a school like that is great. It's fantastic. And that's what a lot of these schools are. Oklahoma State, Iowa State, West Virginia. Uh, I know Baylor and DCU are the kind of the outliers here. Texas Tech. You know, schools like that, Kansas, Kansas State, that's what this league is. And they go and they get a guy in Brett Yormark, who is, you know, a basketball guy, an NBA guy. You know, he worked at NASCAR some. He's been all over the place, has great relationships in TV, is an entertainment guy. And I've said this a lot. I'll keep saying it. Gene Taylor and, and, uh, and Jamie Pollard have said this as well. Brett Yormark was a guy um, that they don't always agree with, that throws ideas out there, right? We, we've heard some, a lot of quiet, uh, you know, quietness when it comes to uh, the Gonzaga thing. That's something that he threw up against the wall and we have not heard much about it. You know, UConn as an idea, throwing up against, up against the wall. Big 12 is going to Rucker Park, Mexico. All of these ideas, you know, some they're doing, some they're not doing. Some work, some haven't. Um, you know, some, some were DOA when they probably brought them up and some have been, you know, talked about and reported on. But it's clear that the partnership of different kind of cat. Brett Yormark and the classic college ADs and, and presidents and folks like that, it's working because whether it's the public perception battle or the actual battle on the field, and that's up to the schools to win, the Big 12 is winning them both. They're still perceived as the best basketball conference in America, despite the fact UConn won. And they're actually considering adding UConn. They're winning the public perception battle when it comes to realignment. Folks seem to think the Big 12 is adding, you know, gaining steam as maybe the third or four, you know third uh, big conference, right? I mean, two or three years ago, guys, if you argued, hey, Big 12 or ACC, the ACC wins that. But, you know, I, I know FSU is back on the rise and we'll see what Clemson does and see if Miami can get back. But talk about money. The Big 12 is going to make more money per school when it comes to their TV deal. That's because Brett Yormark. So the Big 12 has been winning since then. Um, and they've been, and, and I think the way a lot of folks are, you know, perceiving this now is people are talking about Cincinnati and Houston and UCF and BYU, you know, they're getting respect like their power five schools and they're going to be joining a conference that just had a team play in a national championship game. That, that's what honestly defines this, your performance, right? And, and the big 12, their performance has been good enough to get a TV deal with Fox and ESPN. It's been good enough, you know, to uh, obviously have those four schools. They saw a future in this league. They didn't think it would crumble. They didn't think it would crack and fall apart. So they are joining this league. Um, and, you know, publicly, people are talking about the Big 12 in a in a way that I did not think they would be doing after that happened. I'll be honest about you. And once again, guys, I love this league. I, I really do love the league. And uh, I try to be about as uh, positive about it as I can. But it was hard to be positive back then. And is this league going to compete with the Big Ten and the SEC in football? No, it's hard to, guys. It's really hard to. We're still trying to find ways, and we still haven't found the ways. But when it comes to actual 
you know, tangible progress. They've made so much. And Saturday is going to be a celebration of this. Saturday, July 1st is a celebration of the fact that we've got four schools. You know, let's talk about these four schools. Cincinnati makes that amazing run to the college football playoff. They are in a talent. Don't get this twisted, guys. Ohio is a talent-rich state when it comes to football. There are plenty of players available at a place like Cincinnati, guys who fall through the cracks. You can go to another great uh, high school football state like a Pennsylvania, right? And you can go there and get guys like that. I mean, really the big five for a long time were California, Texas, Florida, Ohio, and Virginia. Those were your five really, you know, really big uh, high school football states, especially when uh, I'm not sure if it's as much now, but the 757 uh, Virginia Beach area was pumping out just unbelievable talent. I mean, at an incredible rate. Right. Like Allen Iverson's like considered one of the greatest football players in, you know, Virginia high school history. I mean, they were, you know, Plasco Burris and then Dante Stallworth, the world guys like that. And I know not great guys, but like, you know, they, they're all of these guys. Um, I think Josh Sweat, you know, I remember him being a top guy from the area. The list goes on and on when it comes to that, you know, the, the, those, those states. But Cincinnati is right there. Uh, Houston is in a place, obviously, very rich, rich area, uh, you know, being, you know, University of Houston. And then you get UCF, which is in Florida. You get BYU, which not in a talent-rich area, but has a massive, massive fan base. Massive following, massive fan base because of the LDS. And I'm sorry, BYU folks. I totally I, – I was, I was answering questions about, you know, who should go to Mexico. You all rightfully correct me about the large population. And this is something that Jake Hatcher brought up too. The large population of LDS folks that are in Mexico. It makes a lot of sense for Big 12 Mexico to 110% – Feature BYU, Brigham Young University. They should be the first school that goes down there. You're totally right. So with a conference that has ideas like that, BYU better be a cornerstone of that. These four schools will be celebrated that we talked about. Now, football season, I can't promise good things are going to happen. Basketball season, I, I can even promise, promise less, except you're Houston, that good things will happen. But these four schools have been added. People are excited. We're fired up. You're going to get some conference realignment this week because the fact that these schools are added in. Also, we're going to talk about some Big 12 players this week. Offensive player of the year we're going to discuss. I think it's a really interesting conversation. I want to break down criteria for winning offensive player of the year in this conference. Um, you know, what, what? well, not just criteria for this conference, but like what we think, like, hey, how many wins does your team need, right? You know, if Jalen Daniels carries a, a Kansas to an eight and four year, uh, should he be the guy? You know, Quinn Ewers, is it like, hey, you know, they go nine and three, 10 and two and best, you know, uh, best performing quarterback on the best team. But maybe, you know, hey, if he goes 10 and two and, and Jalen Andrews goes eight and four, who's getting the nod for the award? You know, is there a non-quarterback player who can win it? I really want to focus on that question this week, too, which I think should be a lot of fun. So this is a massive week, y'all. This is a massive week. And also today, actually, as soon as I'm getting off this episode, Stephen Simcox of Locked on, T uh, Locked on Horn Frogs and then John Kurtz. Kansas State TCU previews are being recorded. They'll be posted. We're going to begin our previews for schools this week, our 2023 college football previews. 14 schools to do, folks, in the Big 12. Every single school will get a preview. There is no podcast that covers the Big 12 quite like the Neighborhood Watch. Once again, find us on Twitter at NWPod365. You all can find me at Josh Neighbors underscore 
Crystal Ball College Football is the channel. Make sure you all subscribe, up those numbers, get us to 11K. We're trying to get there right now. Help us get to 11K. Like the video, leave comments as well. We'll see you folks tomorrow.